Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January 30th in the year of our Lord, 2024. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome. Listen, I do a technology show as well called Tech Watch Radio. We keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. To learn more about that, go to npitechguys.com. That's npitechguys.com. And uh, I had surgery on my neck three weeks ago. Uh, and it's severe spinal stenosis surgery. Basically, uh, the um, bones smash the spinal cord and the nerves. Uh, and I was uh, really in a bad, bad, bad way. Three weeks ago today, I got surgery. And uh, thank heavens it went incredibly well. But we talked about the tech details of this and I thought a summary of my surgery on this program might make some sense for you know our listeners I consider them to be family and so I wanted to share with you but we talked about it from a high-tech point of view here's the uh, discussion on my other show that we did about this here it is the surgery that I had is called artificial disc replacement surgery and so it's cervical which means in your neck uh, and it's because I had a severe problem called severe cervical spinal stenosis that means that your spine narrows, the bones narrow, uh, and what happens eventually is it starts smashing your spinal cord and your nerves and causing all kinds of problems. And I won't go into the, the boring details of all the pain and all the troubles and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this is not a health show. This is a tech show. But the reason that I bring all this up is because, man, I'm a pretty advanced tech guy, Jay, in, in a lot of ways. And uh, I've been at tech for a long time, literally almost 40 years. And I've seen a lot of stuff in tech, and not a lot surprises me. But, man, the medical capabilities in the tech field, in a good way, shocked me, Jay. And so that's why we have kind of on the headline here, Sam undergoes artificial disc replacement surgery on his neck. And I want to discuss the incredible advancements in the medical fields related to it. So this is so number yeah. This is artificial discs, like 3D printed or uh, like completely new discs for the vertebrae? They're not 3D printed. But they are um, manufactured, man-made discs that replace uh, the discs, yeah. Do they have to map out your old ones to try to make yeah. them exactly? Wow. No, they don't, they don't make them exactly, but they, they take out the old ones, they cut them out, and then they literally hammer the new ones in. There's videos on the Internet where you can watch. They literally beat on it with a mallet and hammer oh, these things in place. Uh, and these things are artificial. They're made out of all kinds of... I don't even know the polymer, titanium, different stuff. Um, but they literally replace these discs in your neck. And right now the law lets you uh, put two discs in, not three. Well, I needed three replaced, but they could only do two levels. So we did that. And then we're just going to have to wait. The only choice was to fuse the other one or wait and see if eventually it's approved and go in and do the third one. Or maybe we resolve enough of my problems to where the third one's not perfect, but, it, but it's, it's okay, right? Like I'm not 20. And yeah. I'm not going to be doing hardcore, you know, athletics or I'm not a stock car racer or anything like that crazy. So, you know, maybe the third one will just be fine. Maybe it will start to rejuvenate or heal on its own to some degree. Or maybe it just doesn't get worse and 
uh, a lot of the problems are solved. So there's a lot of issues that it solved for me. Being paralyzed was one of them. Um, they said if it just kept as it was, I'd be paralyzed. They said, uh, you know, um, uh, well, the doctor looked at my MRI, the latest one, and he said, Sam, I'm really surprised, surprised you still have control of your bladder. Well, that's a little gnarly. So <laughs> anyway, the point is I went through this incredible surgery. I'm on the post end of it. I got a lot of post pain surgery still, but things are just incredibly different and improved. And it what I really want to also my first yeah. question is going to be is it better but it may be too soon to tell right Nope it is substantially better That's the fantastic. second I came out of surgery it was substantially better and it's been improving ever since The question is how close to perfection or how close to perfect will it get And that's where the third disc is kind of still a problem. Uh, And again, was there any damage done from the smashing of the spinal cord and the nerves that doesn't quite come back perfectly? But it's already 100% better than before. I shouldn't say 100. It's already significantly better than before. Um, All the issues that I had with my legs are now gone. I now don't have a threat of losing control of my bladder. Uh, There was spurs, bone spurs that were growing towards my esophagus. All that's cleaned up and gone to where there's no threat of that anymore. So, I mean, there's a ton of already known benefits. I already have uh, probably as good or better mobility than I had in my neck than I had before. So the question is, how good is it going to get over the next several months? And that's what we're watching to see. But the technology um, from these high-tech surgeons are just, it's its incredible, Jay. So one of the things that surprised me is how the medication, how they do the um, anesthesia. I mean, they, they have gotten this down to a science uh, and if you use some of the best people in this field, I mean, this guy says to me, Sam, listen, I'm going to be administering these different medications to you. Uh, I'm going to tell you when I put one in your arm, and I'm going to tell you the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And then I'm going to give you the last one. And I'm, before I give you the last one, I'm going to have you say go. And the second you say go, you will not remember a single thing until you wake up in the recovery room. And I'm like, okay, I know what he's talking about. But I remember this being a long time ago and, you know, they'd give it to you and you could count that backwards from 10. And when you get to six or something or five, that's the last you remember. Right. I'm telling you right now, they have it down to such a science that I swear to you. He said, okay, here's the last medication. You tell me when to go. And I'm telling you, you won't remember anything until you say go. You'll remember everything up to saying go. And you won't remember anything until you're in the recovery room. I literally said go. And then the next thing I remember is they said, should we bring your wife in? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it was that good now, have you ever you been kinda, under anesthesia before yeah, okay several times and usually they say you know they they administer it and then you know the next 5 10 15 seconds you kind of hear the doctors milling around and then things kind of fade and then you think oh i'm not going to go to sleep and then boom you're gone yeah you well, know a lot I'm of people telling you there was not even two seconds from when i said go i don't remember a single thing not a one everything you said was exactly I mean, to the second, it was incredible. A lot of people, especially when they're young, think, oh, I'm going to fight this just to see if I can or how long Not I can happening. say. <laughs> it doesn't matter because but besides that, once you get in there, you just want it to be over with anyway. You're just like, you're ready For to sure. be gone and you don't want to. Yeah, it's you're nervous and other things. And so that, that that's getting it down to the point right there. But I'm telling you this, go. Would you like us to bring your wife in? Absolutely, I said. I remember that. And I don't remember a single thing between not even wrestling around to the nurses or anything before I faded away. None of that. So they've got this down to a science, which is just incredible. And I'm not telling you it always goes perfect. Remember, we're human. But that really amazes me. The other thing that amazes me is the things that they do. So they have these different people come in and explain these different things to you. And this one lady came in and she said, listen, I'm kind of the tech part of this operation. And what I want permission to do is we want to insert these little things into your head. They're like little needles. 
They don't insert way far. It's not like they drill a hole in your head or anything, but they just they just insert these little probes into your head. And as they do the surgery, every move they make, they can watch on monitors and, and, and drive this thing by data to what they should do. So if they do something and then it changes, they see all these things from probes in your head about it affects your legs or your this or that or what nerves are. And they can tell if they're getting too close to nerves or getting too close to things to where they can literally back off with their cameras and their anyway. And so they, they have these probes and they had to get my permission to do this extra step. They're like, hey, it's much safer and more secure if we do this, but we have to have your permission to do, you know, to, to analyze this data because it literally, you know, tracks this data straight from your body, from your skull. And so anyway, they placed all these probes around my head. It didn't really hurt or anything. When I got done, there was a little blood on my head from the, the little pinpricks or whatever. But they literally can control where the cameras go and where the surgeon uh, is using his tools and all these different things and all this, and they can watch it affect all aspects of your body. I'm thinking so you should have had them put a, C, a USB-C port in there while they were in, you know, Sam. Oh, no go. I'm out. <laughs> not doing it. You just. <laughs> and, and they, but what's interesting is they can literally, you know, determine discussions and things. So when the spinal cord's super compressed, they can start to relieve the compression on that spinal cord, get back data that says you're going too fast, don't overwhelm the body, uh, release this blockage or whatever you want to call it, this smashed spinal cord release it or un, un, unrestrict it more slowly. And, and they can watch this thing and get feedback in real time what, what it's doing to the body. And uh, anyway, it's incredible, the technology that they have and what they do. So this physician that I went to is well-renowned in his field. He speaks all over the world and he does all this kind of stuff. And um, he is a uh, very well-known specialist that works on celebrities and people like that, that um, because he's, he's professional at preserving your voice. Uh, and when I got done with the surgery, my voice was altered some, but it wasn't too bad, and now it's back to normal. But oftentimes, you can lose your voice in a surgery like this because they go through the front of your neck. He went to the left side, if you're me, or the right side, if you're facing me, just left of the Adam's apple, or I should say right of the Adam's apple, if you're facing me. Um, and they, he made literally about an inch and a half, maybe two inches top, little incision. They have the ability to put their tools through this little incision and then move the vocal cords and move the throat and move the everything out of the way and then operate on this thing and they do it through these cameras and so this surgeon has a bunch of patents on cameras and patents on a lot of the techniques that he uses and his claim to fame is i'm going to make the smallest hole possible the smaller hole i make the greater the recovery and man it is shocking i mean i literally don't have any bandages on my neck two week two and a half weeks later i've got this little line which got has these steri strips or whatever you call them in it uh, and the stitches and stuff, that, and it all just dissolves. There's nothing you have to do or go back or anything. And it's just this little teeny short incision. And it's amazing. They can get their tools through there. They can literally hammer on these discs and put them in place and insert them and, and this kind of stuff. And um, he said, you know, getting the old discs out is a lot easier than it is to put the new discs in. The new discs you have to hammer in and put in position and all this kind of stuff. And, and um, you know, he kept telling me that you're going to feel better after the surgery. And I just thought, I just don't see how that's possible. I mean, it's it's um, it's the kind of thing that is. I mean, I I get that in a couple of weeks I'll be doing better, but you know, surgery they cut your neck, they go in, they cut out these discs, they hammer in these new ones. How will I be feeling better? I just couldn't equate to that. But literally, when I got done, it is better, even with its post pain surgery. It is better than it was when I started. The second I woke up, I noticed I had 
before I had tingling and numbness and the outside of my hands and pins and needles and all that's gone. I had my legs that, that had all these problems that I, like when I would stand up, I would stand up and there'd be just pain in my legs and I'd have to stand there and hold on to something and wait five, 10, 15 seconds and alternate my weight on my legs and stuff before I had enough strength where I could walk or I was afraid I was going to stumble and fall down. The second the surgery's over, man, that's just gone, hundred percent gone. And that's why when he said, mm, I'm surprised you have control of your bladder, Sam, when my legs were feeling that way, I thought, you know what? He's right. This is coming. And I'm sure if we did nothing, that would be eventually the case. So all that's changed. I don't have the tingling on the outside of my hands anymore. I, like I say, I still have a really sore, stiff neck. And I mean, he warned me of that. Um, I was super, super dizzy before that. Now I'm dizzy, but he says it'll take about a month for the dizziness to go away. He said, what happens is your brain has to be retrained. Once it gets all the data, it doesn't know what to do with it all. It has to be taught to pay attention to the whole stream before it was just like spurts of data. And it was confused about the positioning of your arms and legs. And so you'd be dizzy. Now this steady stream, he says, the body just has to, the brain has to just adapt to receiving, processing, and dealing with all this data. And it'll take about a month for that to happen. Anyway, they put these discs in your body that are, that are artificially created. And he showed me one of these. He let me hold on to it and touch it. And these things are incredible, man. They move in all kinds of ways, just like your neck and your body would move. And I actually have more movability. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to use it anyway, uh, in my neck than I had before the surgery. Even though it's still stiff and even though I got to go to a physical therapist and stuff to, to work out some of the letting the muscles adjust and settle down and everything else. Now, the other thing is when you have nerves that are kind of starved for life, so to speak, uh, and struggling – at, at minimal capacity, whatever you want to say. The first thing that comes back when you restore those nerves is pain. And so that's why after the surgery, there's just still a lot of pain still and stuff like that. I've got to go to a physical therapist that stretched my neck and let my muscles adjust. And, and they say that in three months, you're doing great. And in a year, you're back. They say there's no restrictions. Once a year, you're just done. They have athletes that go on the football field after these kind of surgeries and stuff like that and who have these disc replacements. This surgeon is known for operating on people where the team doesn't want to announce to the public that this person's injured because then their tradability and all the financial stuff comes into play of, mm, do we want this person? And they've learned to basically, they'll just say this guy's okay, and then they'll do the surgery, and he is okay. Anyway, it's incredible, and the tech they use along the way is shocking. They put all these instruments to this teeny little hole, man, and it's like once the instrument gets through the little teeny hole they've made, then it's like there's a lot of room to move around kind of. I mean, a lot of room is relative, but compared to the whole, there's a lot of room, right? And it's just it's just shocking of how they do this. And it's all camera driven and the surgeon just moves these things around. And anyway, the surgery took about two hours and 15 minutes to two and a half hours to complete. And uh, like I said, when he first saw my MRI, he's like, hey, this thing is your uh, spinal cord and your nerves are just smashed, buddy. It's just bad. It's like really, really bad. I'm surprised you have control of your bladder is the only thing I can say. I'm, I'm just surprised that you're functioning as well as you are with the way it looks. Well, I asked him after when he went in there, I said, how did it look compared to the MRI? Like, is it worse or not as bad as the MRI seemed to show? He goes, man, it was way, way, way worse than the MRI showed. It's just shocking. And he says, man, the equipment, when you start to, to uh, stop the restriction in your, in your spinal cord, the equipment just goes berserk when all that blood and communications just start flowing through your spinal cord it's incredible he said so anyway that was kind of the summary that he said but the amount of tech they use in these surgeries is absolutely astounding and um, i mean i'm sure that's true with heart surgeries and brain surgeries and i mean my surgery compared to some of the surgeries is fairly simple now to me it doesn't feel simple 
and it doesn't seem simple for them just to go in through the front of your neck by your throat and, you know, cut out these discs and replace them with fake ones or artificial ones and all this stuff. And it doesn't seem like a minor surgery. Uh, but compared to some of the surgeries they're doing now, this is a minor surgery. I mean, it was the same day. I came out of the um, surgery, and then I, I basically went to the hotel literally the, the same day. So the, I guess they have to cut. I was going to say, how do they get the disc out of that small hole? But I guess they cut it down into small pieces or something? Is that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. You know, this is news to me because this whole time I had assumed that they were going in the back of your neck. I know you would assume that. That's my whole point of why I'm doing this whole thing is it's, you would think it's, but they say that it's way better from the front. They can make a smaller hole. It's softer flesh. The healing is much faster and better. The smaller the hole, the better. The more high tech, the more they can gauge, like they put these probes on your head and when they, they, you know, get the restriction off of the spinal cord and things start to flow. They do it slowly and watch the vital signs through this high-tech stuff as it happens. And the data feedback tells them how fast to go. And, you know, everything's fine. They can just let it go. But if it's if you got to go slow, they do that to let the body adjust. And they watch all the signs. And, I mean, it's just amazing how data-driven and how robotic and how advanced technically these surgeries are. They're just – it's incredible. Now, I didn't – I wasn't there to be any part of it. All I know is from before what they explained to me, and I know after the fact that I know kind of what the tools were for, um, and, and I just know it from a, a recovery point of view. I mean, literally that same day I was up and walking after the surgery. That's I amazing. I literally walked out to my car by myself, for instance. I mean, it's just something. That's incredible. Anyway, I, I don't mean to spend forever on it, and I know you would say, well, this isn't really technology, Sam. This is just like your personal chronological whatever, and I understand that. But the technical side of this is just something to behold. It really is. The amount of the equipment that they have, and they've learned things about, you know, one of the things they say, this guy's like, you need to be up and walking the very day of the surgery. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? He's like, no, man, I want you up walking. The more you walk, the better. He said, don't run. Don't get all crazy and be all, like, jarring or anything. But I want you to walk. And so literally, you know, three days after the surgery, I was at the mall because it was freezing cold. It was minus five in Denver where I got the surgery. So I went to the mall so that I could just walk around. And me and my wife just walked around the mall for an hour and a half so I could get a bunch of walking in. That's cool. And th- this is just opposite of everything that we've kind of thought and been taught. It's like, oh, you got to rest. You got to. He's like, no, I want you to take all these herbs, uh, these health things that'll, that'll help the recovery, protein and this and that and that and the other. And I want you to um, you know, be up and walking and moving. And I'm like, do I need to be gentle on my neck? He goes, well, don't get crazy, but... Yeah, you know, move your neck around like you normally would. He's like, don't press hard to make pain, but press on it a little bit and stretch out those muscles. And I mean, there was no delay, like, let's get after this thing. And I, I feel the wisdom and the, and the knowledge that they've gained about this stuff. And I'm like, well, don't those, you know, artificial discs need to, like, grow into my body or get stable or secure? He goes, man, they're already secure. Like I say, don't do crazy things or they could come out of place. And so all I have now is a, a meeting with the doctor three months later to say, hey, how's it going, and answer any questions kind of stuff. And then a year later, they don't even do an MRI anymore. All they do is an X-ray and just make sure the discs are still in place. And if they are, you're good. There's nothing more to do. Wow. And after a year, you're cleared to live life normal. If you want to go boating, go ahead. If you want to water ski, go ahead. You can do whatever you want. It's just, the, re- the recovery and the holistic is just shocking. Uh, and these discs, they've learned to make them where I felt it, held on to it. They just move incredibly I mean, they can move all ways, like your body moves left and right and forward and back and up and down. They can move all those directions. And it's just this little teeny, I don't know, disc-like thing. It's got like these shock absorbers in it and all. I mean, it's like a disc. 
it's just it, it's something to behold. So they limit to two, but does that mean that you can do one later or you can only ever do two? Well, we don't know that yet. So right now the rule is they can do two. And I don't know if they can go in and do a third one in a separate surgery or if they have to wait till the law changes to do the third one. I'm just not sure yet. That's part of the questions that I'm going to ask at the post-surgery stage. Um, he's just like, hey, we can only do two right now. We can't do three. And I'm just like, well, hey, if, if we can make it to where my legs don't have the problem and I have control of my bladder, I'm in no matter what, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got to do this, you know. But there's been so many benefits and so many things. And so now I've got these two high-tech to kind of wrap this up on a tech note here. I've got these two man-made artificial discs, D-I-S-C, disc, right? These discs in my body now, two of them, and two discs or vertebrae, they're gone in my neck, in the upper cervical neck. Hmm. So above your shoulders, below your head, in my neck is where these are. And all I have right now is a stiff and sore neck a bit that's improving every day. And I have better movement better capabilities than I had before this happened than all these threat problems about losing control of your bladder. All these things are gone. And all the way through, there was just tech marvels that just shocked me at how good at this stuff they're becoming. I mean, I'm not saying they're on God level by any means or anything like that. I don't mean to make it a, a strange discussion. I'm just telling you the advancements in science and the advancements in technology, and the advancements in tech and the ability to put these parts in your body are just something to behold. And no and permanent I would finish and damage. say what a blessing they are. No permanent what a damage blessing. to your voice. That's good. That's yeah, because you know, and um, so that's what this specialist surgeon is known for. Other people may not be as gentle or as conscientious or I don't know what, but a lot of times when people More go experience. through these surgeries, their voices change. Or yeah, experiences. This guy's done thousands of these, uh, and you know he takes on the whole medical establishment, and they say, "No, you're crazy. Do this and this," and he just proves to them that. What he's doing is the way to go, and he speaks all over the world. And, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I was worried. The biggest thing I was worried about was my voice because, like, that's the way I make a living, right? Um, and he said, Listen, I can't promise you, but I'm pretty confident that I can have your voice return to normal. And he's right. I mean, literally, even a few days after, I sounded a little bit funny because my neck was all swollen up where the surgery incision was and that kind of stuff. But give it a week and a half or two weeks, and you know what? My voice is back to normal. And now it's not even three weeks yet, Jay, since the surgery. And I would say my voice is almost perfectly normal. I would say it's pretty normal, too. And I don't even think that a lot of people would notice. But if you if you knew or had spent time around you, I think you would notice. It seemed like your voice was a little bit higher pitched. Um, not yeah, not like, like if you, feminine, it's but like, like if you put helium. Your, yeah, it's like if you put your hand on your throat and kind of squeeze your throat and talk a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure it that's probably like that from because the swelling. it was swollen up. Right. Right. Um, but he was so gentle with my vocal cords, and he works on singers and all kinds of people that, that depend on their voices and stuff like that. So he's got a lot of experience with how to really move that stuff out of the way, get his tools around, all that stuff, but be gentle enough not to cause any harm. Uh, and other surgeons may not be as careful, and so that's why I went to this unique specialist. But the amount of tech they use just astounds even me. I mean, it's they've even got like a tech person on staff to monitor the data while the surgery is going down and everything like that they've got this anesthesiologist that has literally calculated mathematically the portions of of administration of of medical through your vein that they should give you i mean he knows how to time it perfectly in the right amount based on your weight and if you're a male or female and all these factors come into play and you know what medications were you taking before the surgery because we'll you know apply that to our formula and I mean, he was asking me and i'm like why do you need to know that i was just curious and he's just like because it adjusts my formula if you this and that and then i adjust for this and I mean, the, the amount of data that goes into even the formulation of how much 
um, to give you and how long to be keep dripping it or administering it versus when they want you to wake up. And it's all that they've got it down to just this incredible uh, medical science and medical whatever. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to do a kind of a recap, a summary of my surgery from a technical point of view. NPITechguys.com is where you can hear our Tech Watch radio show where we keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. Brought to you by Network Providers, Inc.com. Check it out. Back in seconds on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Tim Berg. The United States will respond decisively to any aggression against U.S. troops in the Middle East. So says Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, telling reporters Monday following the attacks by Iranian-backed militant groups in Jordan that left three American service members dead and dozens injured. Blinken said the U.S. response against Iran could be multi-leveled and sustained over time. President Biden is facing calls to federalize members of Texas's National Guard as the federal government continues to oppose Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who controls the state's southern border. Governor Abbott emphasizes to Fox News where he stands in case President Biden chooses to try and do so. If Joe Biden federalizes our National Guard, that would be the biggest political blunder that he could make. And that's why I think he will not do it. That said, of course, I am prepared in the event that they do make such a blunder to make sure that Texas will be able to continue to secure our border. This as the Biden administration is urging House Republicans to support the forthcoming bipartisan border deal expected from the Senate. Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre said the deal incorporates the actual policy changes previously expressed by House Republicans. The bipartisan agreement that they're coming forward with are things that House Republicans have said and Republicans more broadly said they wanted. They have said over and over again, this is what they want to see. This follows House Speaker Mike Johnson's recent remark that the deal is likely to face opposition in his chamber, citing its perceived inadequacy. President Biden asserted that the evolving agreement represents the toughest and fairest set of reforms for securing the U.S. border, highlighting its inclusion of presidential authority to close the border. He emphasized his commitment to exercising that authority on the day of signing the bill into law. I'm John Schaefer. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the Burger Perfection Flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. My brother and two other boys were the ones that got in the car with her, and she was drunk, 
The road that goes to her house is like really windy and she was taking that road at 80 to 100 miles per hour and it hit into the road there. It was her door flung open. She ran out across the street to get away from it and the other three boys were trapped in it and the car exploded. And then when my mom found out about it, she called me at work. I don't care what you have to do, just get up here to the hospital. You know, I parked my car and I went inside. And they took us back to this little room. My mom told me that Jake had been killed. And I, I lost it. The other people excluded like, well, you can drink, but just be careful when you drink, you know? So I don't want anything to do with it because it took my brother away from me. <laughs> A public service message from The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24 seven monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with managed IT services. Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements, too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. Ladies and gentlemen, we're being distracted by the border, that's for sure. But you know what? They literally want millions of illegals to become legal so they can have a huge Democratic voting block, changing a lot of states from, what, red to blue? Uh, changing a lot of states from conservative to liberal? That's kind of the agenda here that we see. Uh, but while that distraction is happening, the economy is in the news. Like it or not, it is here. We have reported on my TechWatch radio program all kinds of tech jobs being lost left and right. I mean, just layoffs, layoffs, layoffs everywhere. Uh, big companies, surprising layoffs. Well, it's getting worse now, uh, and they might have pushed the economy a little too far. Uh, and so now the feds are thinking about lowering interest rates because they ratcheted it up over the last you know 18 months quite a bit. Well, now it's getting worse, worse and worse to the point where UPS, right? UPS, the big shipping company, announces 12,000 job cuts, they say due to drop in package volume. Now, believe it or not, UPS is sometimes seen as a bellwether for the economy. Jack Phillips, the Epoch Times covers this piece. Think about that, 12,000 layoffs. Uh, and, you know, that's really going to hit middle-class America big time. Many of these jobs are good-paying jobs. They're not great, high-paying jobs, but they're good jobs. They're not just, you know, minimum wage jobs either. Yeah, you got to hustle and work hard and everything else, but uh, these are serious. 12,000 jobs, that's huge because that represents 12,000 families, 12,000 incomes, right? I mean, this is huge. 
So uh, expect the layoffs to accelerate in 2024. I wish it weren't so. They say, tell me it ain't so, sir. Tell me it ain't so. It is so. It is happening. And the only arsenal they have right now that I can tell is to lower interest rates and not choke the economy so hard. This manipulation of interest rates is dishonest. This manipulation of money, this hidden inflation that we've all been experiencing that's not hidden anymore because it's flat out in your face at the store every time you go, uh, but is a serious problem. Anyway, I thought I'd bring that to your attention. All right, you wish there was accountability for criminal activity. Sadly, those of us who stand for liberty are kind of in the doghouse class. Those who promote tyranny and promote abuse and, and criminal activity and everything else are literally in the protected class. What do I mean? Well, it turns out, I don't know if you know this, but you know how we heard about Donald Trump's tax returns being released and somehow they were whatever. Um, I guess they were leaked is what they call it. Trump's tax records got leaked to the New York Times back in 2020, right? Well, it turns out now we know who leaked the information. We also know that at the time he leaked a bunch of other high-profile people's tax records also. The mainstream press only told us about the Donalds, and they basically pitched it how good and awesome and incredible it was that we finally got Don the goods on the Donald. He didn't pay any taxes. Shame on Donald. Donald replies and says, look, I took advantage of all the tax loopholes that I could find like everyone else does. So if you want to blame Donald paying no taxes on Donald, go ahead, but you're wasting your time blaming on those who crafted the tax system, who allows for these big, rich executives to get away with paying nothing while the rest of us suffer. Nevertheless, Charles Littlejohn is the man who leaked Donald Trump's tax returns, along with dozens of other very high-level people. Well, it turns out that he got prosecuted for this and now received the, what they call the maximum sentence allowed by law. How much is that, you say? A federal judge issued a five-year prison sentence to the former IRS consultant who leaked Donald Trump's tax returns, Mr. Charles Littlejohn. Now, I think, again, they're playing games here. So let me get this right. Ammon Bundy serves two years in prison guilty of nothing at the end. The judge says the FBI was guilty of withholding exculpatory evidence and all kinds of other criminal acts by the government, by, by FBI. Ammon served two years guilty of nothing. Now you got this uh, Stuart Rhodes serving 18 years in prison. He never even went to the Capitol. He wasn't armed, uh, and it's all basically manipulated hearsay about who did what. Ray Epps gets no jail time, but he's literally leading people into the Capitol. Stewart did nothing of the sort, but he has 18 years. Ray Epps goes free. Well, now there's Little John. They say, well, it's the maximum sentence we could give the guy. We prosecuted him to the fullest extent of the law. No, you didn't. You're lying to me now. He pled guilty of one count. Each count can give you five years from what I understand. So if he did this to dozens of people, and we only heard about the Donald back at the time, and we heard that, oh, man, this is great. We, we need to get the goods on Donald. This is only the, the rightful thing for the American people to have. Now we find out it was criminal activity. And little John, I guess, has five years in prison. But that's not near enough. He did this to dozens of people. And my also question would be, what about the New York Times that participated in taking that illegal documentation and publishing it? Is there going to be accountability for the New York Times? 
Why give Little John such a little sentence? Why ignore what he did? Why let the New York Times off the hook? And why literally bring this up years after, right? Right? In 2020 is when this happened. Now it's literally 2024, and this guy's getting five years. This court case took that long. Anyway, the whole thing's an absolute disgrace, ladies and gentlemen. It's just beyond imagination of the two-tiered justice system that we're seeing in America. Charles Littlejohn, friend of all the Democrats that want to get the goods on the Donald, leaks this information, leaks it on dozens of other people. Literally four years later, gets five years. The question will become how much time will already be served, da-da-da-da-da, and this is going to basically cop to nothing. You got Ray Epps, literally cop to nothing. But you've got Ammon Bundy and, and, and Stuart Rhodes and many other people now going to prison for a long time or serving for a long time. Guilty of nothing. You look at my dear friend, Ken Cromar, uh, who uh, literally got his house taken by the IRS. Criminally so. Now they got him in prison. He's already served almost six months in prison now. But he hasn't even been charged and guilty of anything yet. He hasn't been proven guilty of anything. He's still waiting for his trials to come up. He can't even get all the discovery necessary to defend himself in court because he's in prison. So he calls me the other day, and he wants to do a radio interview. And so I say, hey, we're going to do the interview. And so I, I announce, hey, we're recording this thing. This thing is, um, uh, you know, and, and then all of a sudden the jail just cut us off. Yeah, they want nothing but silence. Think about that. Folks, we're starting to live in a scary world when UPS lets go of 12,000 people because there's not enough packages shipping. Well, we don't have the money to ship packages. We're all broke because of inflation. We're all broke because of the cost of everything has just gone up and up and up. My wife and I were talking about it. You used to be able to get a great hotel for 50, 60, 70 bucks. Then it was 100 bucks. Now you can't get a great hotel for under 150 bucks, more like 200 bucks for anything really nice and decent. I mean, I remember Super 8, that was when hotels cost eight bucks. Motel 6, that's when hotels cost six bucks. In the very beginning, or I shouldn't say the beginning, but years and years ago, now it's 150 to 200 bucks for a decent hotel. And we're just getting started. Home prices are out of control. Interest rates out of control. Listen, they're hobbling the economy like you wouldn't believe. Anyway, this, this federal judge issued the five-year prison sentence. I mean, I'm glad that some prosecution occurred, some accountability, but I say five years is not even close to enough. When you literally leak IRS, IRS data on the former president of the United States, uh, and you leak this information uh, on other high-profile individuals, and then all you get is five years? Um, why don't we prosecute the New York Times for being involved in taking this illegal information and partnering to promote it? Why don't we uh, have accountability from the IRS? See, we shouldn't have an IRS in the first place. This shouldn't be allowed to happen. Oh, when it does, give them a slap on the wrist and it's all good. I wonder if this guy will have kind of a five-year Jeffrey Epstein kind of a jail sentence where it's like he's out on his own recognizances and he can do whatever he wants and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm just saying it's interesting, this two-tier justice system that we're seeing. I'll tell you that right now. And it does not make me comfortable. It doesn't impress me at all, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's discouraging. It's frustrating. It's disappointing. It's all those things. And we've got to get a handle on what's going on in America. We cannot allow this two-tier justice system to continue. The problem is we've allowed these thugs, these enemies of liberty, to get above the people. 
And that's really the problem that we're facing, right? And the only way that I know to get over it or to deal with it is for we, the people, to stand up and demand accountability. Where's accountability Accountability for Anthony Fauci on the vaccines and Donald Trump and Joe Biden? Uh, where's accountability for, um, you know, this border crisis? Who's going to deal with that, right? All right, when we get back, i got a couple of more stories for you. We'll do it all in seconds. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21. Our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3. The many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27. The beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have you ever checked out our preparedness website, prepstartsnow.com? Check that out, prepstartsnow.com. We're trying to help people get prepared because you know what? There's all kinds of emails coming out now about, hey, what's going to happen? What are you going to do when the lights go out? That kind of stuff. Uh, and I don't know. What's your plan when the world goes dark? Ask Blaze. The Blaze. So you got to kind of wonder. So prepstartsnow.com is our website to try to help people get prepared. Check it out. See what you think. Would really appreciate it. Prepstartsnow.com. All right. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is in the news. And uh, he's really, there's a lot of speculation about him right now. On one hand, Donald Trump says, hey, we're looking at RFK Jr. to join our campaign as the VP pick. Uh, and then Robert F. Kennedy says, nope, I'm not agreeing. I'm not going to be with the Donald. And Donald says, don't, don't, don't go so fast. Maybe so. 
So the question is, will Donald pick RFK JR uh, as the VP pick? RFK says turning it down. Time will really tell what the real scoop is, right? But in the meantime, as RFK JR vies for a spot on the ballots of all 50 states prior to the November election, independent presidential candidate RFK JR says that he may, he's open to, he may be willing to join the Libertarian Party. So the question is, RFK has two pretty interesting paths. One, be the leader of the Libertarian Party. Number two, uh, be Donald Trump's VP pick. And, uh, you know, time will really tell. I'm telling you right now, Donald Trump better be very strategic of who he picks because when, when Joe, you know, bows out and uh, Michelle Obama jumps in, uh, it's going to be a different ballgame. You ain't seen nothing yet when it comes to the twists and turns of what the election season will bring to us, ladies and gentlemen. I know it sounds like, oh, it's this year. It's really close. No, no, no. You've got, what, seven months? February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Nine months more. Uh, and it, it's a lifetime in politics. I mean, so many things could happen to the economy, to who's running, to who's sick, who's alive. I, I, no predictions here. Just, you know. Um, anyway, so RFK, is he better off going third party or being the VP pick for the Donald? Time will tell. Uh, and I don't think Robert F. Kennedy is perfect. There's some things that really concern me about him. He's pretty strong environmentalists. Uh, he's not as strong on pro-life as I would like and everything else. But as I look at all the other candidates, I mean, he's way better than Nikki Haley. At least he tells the truth on COVID. At least he wants to back away from war. So, you know, there's a real uh, question about where RFK JR is going to end up, how that's going to affect the campaign and everything else. Um, the only issue that I find interesting is if he wants to be the leader of the uh, Libertarian Party, there's already a guy doing pretty well that I interviewed the other day, right, uh, about the Libertarian Party and, and, and kind of who's doing what. There's the free and equal debates coming up that I interviewed this guy for. Um, his name is, um, let's see here. His name is Chase Oliver. And uh, he says we need to weaken power at all branches of the federal government. He's right. Mr. Oliver is a libertarian U.S. presidential candidate. Vote ChaseOliver.com to learn more about that. Uh, so RFK will put an upset to that, and you kind of wonder how that's all going to work out. Would Chase Oliver jump on with, you know, RFK JR? You know, I doubt it. So it's going to be very interesting to watch this unfold. Um, for RFK JR, what's going to happen here? Uh, all paths lead to more high-profile high uh, reality for RFK. So we'll let you know what happens there. Final story of the hour, and I mentioned this on a previous broadcast, but I really want to highlight it again. 25 states, sadly all with Republican governors, sign a letter in support of Texas in the Border Patrol fight. Uh, border control fight is serious. Uh, USA Today with this piece. Uh, and I look at this and I go, mm, where is this going to go? I'm telling you, folks, I understand that you want to help and I understand that you're passionate. Don't go. I'm telling you right now, don't go to the border.
don't participate in this convoy. And I'm kind of wondering, how's the convoy going? Didn't it start out from Virginia yesterday? How's it? How's it tracking? How's it trucking? Right? Um, it's scary to think what might happen at the border. There's just too many people with too many different agendas all at the helm of this thing, right? I would recommend you do not attend this convoy. Don't go to the border. I'm just telling you, it is just rife with trouble. And I know people are kind of like, Sam, you're sure crazy on this. Listen to me carefully. I get take our border back, peaceful assembly and prayer. Takeourborderback.com is where this is all happening. I get that. I get their desire and I support their desire. But what they don't realize is too many things will be out of their control. When it goes south, right? Too many things will be out of one's control, right? We the people taking our border back. It sounds like such a great cause. Grab your campers, cars, RVs, trucks. Bring your chairs, coolers, and a kind heart. Check back daily for updates. January 29th to February the 3rd. So we're right in the middle of this baby. Flag of freedom. Now, I hate to say this. I just can't go along. I don't think it'll go well. All right. They're living Virginia Beach and Florida, I guess. Right. 8 a.m., 10 a.m. departure. They've got a whole calendar letting everyone knows where they'll be. 10 p.m. arrival in Florida. Then they leave Jacksonville and go to Baton Rouge. Right? It goes on and on. Um, I'm really concerned. I don't think that this is going to go well. At the least, it's going to be a waste of a lot of money. It's expensive for trucks, semis to just roll from Virginia to Florida to Texas. It's expensive for families to take off and get in campers and do all this stuff and, and appear there. And I feel like your money and your time and your efforts could be spent much more effectively by putting pressure on your elected officials from your local county sheriff, county commission, in other words, at the county level, all the way down to the federal level and the Biden administration and Congress. We have got to put pressure in the right places. And I'm just telling you that I'm of the opinion that your money, your time, your efforts could be much better spent putting pressure there. There's already 25 states in the union that have backed Texas. That's big. Now what we need to do is let these 25 governors and these 25 states know that we the people have the backs of those who want the right of self-defense to remain true and viable in the United States. That's our quest. And so you got to ask yourself on a risk-reward analysis, do you really want to go to the border, and what do you intend to accomplish? If you're going to mill around and pray and shake hands and have kind of a tailgate party, be my guest. 
but beware that the likelihood of you getting infiltrated, the likelihood of some bad things going down to put terrain on the whole parade is very likely. You can pray at home just as well as you can pray on the border. Uh, you can use your money to fund radio programs like ours to keep the word out and keep the drum beats rolling and, and, and keep the focus. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do to put pressure on your local representatives and things like that. Have them go to town hall meetings. Say, we want to meet with you about this. We're very concerned, Senator, Congressman, County Official. We want you to sit down and listen to us for once. This has become a fevering, a fevery, fevered pitch uh, on the border. Our border leads like a sieve. National security is at stake. We have got to rein in this issue. Right now, as far as I can tell, I don't think Congress is doing much about it. They're putting together all kinds of partisan border issues, but every one of them is going to sell us out. Every one of them is going to push for amnesty because that's what the two-tiered justice system has. They want to basically sidestep accountability uh, at the administration level. Uh, they want to go ahead and attack Texas. This is tearing the fabric of the republic apart, folks. So we've got to ask ourselves, what can we do to bring a de-escalation but accountability at the same time. And I'm telling you that I do not believe for one second that going to the border in mass as individuals is going to help. I could go to the border. I could broadcast live from there. Back in the day when Glenn Beck wanted to go to the border, I offered to go with him. But now is not the time to go to the border. They have found ways to turn these events into false flag operations and betray those who go with good intentions. And they add their provocateurs, their false flag agenda people, who walk away scot-free when these things go down. And the guilty walk free, and the good end up getting prosecuted and punished to the fullest extent of the law. Just ask Stuart Rhodes, my dear friend, if you don't believe me. We pray for his release. Why do I focus on him so much? Because he's got one of the longest sentences, and he's guilty of nothing. We have got to create accountability in America, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot let these secret combinations get above the people. Two hours in the can. Archives are at libertyroundtable.com and lovingliberty.net. You can donate there, and we appreciate it if you would, please. Lovingliberty.net. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>